in, everyone, to the Hybrid Dive Podcast. This is your host, Dylan Scott. And today, I have the reigning Decafit World Champion, Decafit World Record Holder, somebody who just managed to go 1959 in the Decamile with 12 turns yesterday, and an individual who seems to be having a T-Rex existential crisis, Tara Jackson. So, uh, Tara, are, are you are you really in shambles right now? Like, I, I'm in many shambles. You're in many shambles? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. You're good? I had a good time mile yesterday so good way to kick kick off some off-season off-season numbers yeah i was gonna say it doesn't seem like you've had much of an off-season to be honest because like if we look at your last couple of months you go world champs and then you immediately race new york high rocks and then you're racing again in deca carolinas and then you're constantly hopping in you know like strongs and miles i don't know if you've had an off-season well i consider the off-season like how i train versus like like not training specifically for a race right now. My volume, my intensity volume is down, but training volume is starting to come up again. Gotcha. So off season, maybe doing some races, but not really focused on how well I do. Just maybe having some fun, getting some times in for world championship qualifiers and starting to build a base for December. Gotcha. And I feel like some of these, uh, as opposed to high rocks, like some of these shorter events that are going to last, you know, anywhere 12, 20, maybe 35 minutes, it's a lot easier to actually train for them and relax a little bit. Like you don't have to do those long grinders where you feel like it's just constantly being beat with a hammer as opposed to, you know, training for these, uh, these kind of deck of fit deck of mile events. Yeah. Well, I think it's more focused on like efficiency and for the deck of fit. I would train similar if I was training for a 5K, 10K as far as running goes. So volume is going to go actually probably higher than high rocks because I think it's just more um, actually run focused because it's two thirds of the race versus high rocks is like more of a 50-50. And for me, the with high rocks, the strength was always the problem. So I had to dedicate way more time. And obviously, as you know, there's uh, not much strength in DECA. So, <laughs> so no. it definitely uh, caters to me a little bit better just like an engine race yeah well i i don't understand why then high rocks goes well for me most of the time um that's a bit of an anomaly well you're a sufferer yeah you might not be able much but you can lift a moderate weight like ten thousand times so (laughs) as as long as i can get the weight moving i'll just keep trying to move the weight if it's ever like limiting to where it doesn't move i'm kind of done for um but so with all this, before we get to, we'll get off. I know you and I talk all the time, and we'll end up running off in different directions, just chasing the wind. So I want to go all the way back to like the very start for you getting into fitness. Um, what was it that primarily piqued your interest in sports? Did you have anybody around you that kind of brought it up to you, like, "Hey, Tara, have you ever tried this?" Um, so what what was it that really got you first? You know, out there competing. So I think I had always played sports as like a young kid, um, like basketball, like team sport kind of stuff. And I had gained a lot of weight. And I think I was at that age, like where you're almost a teenager and you're like, social stuff is becoming a lot more important to you. So I think that I wanted to lose weight. So I, in my you know 12 year old brain is like, oh, people who run are skinny. So I decided I wanted to run track in the spring. So I lost like close to 80 pounds from 
like the beginning of my seventh grade year, like sixth grade summer, I had a physical and I was like a little over 180 pounds. And then when I start, when I went out for track in the spring, I was just over a hundred pounds. So I lost a substantial amount of weight and then started running track and then run AAU track and just kind of had a tumultuous relationship with running, but also like really, really fell in love with it, but maybe not always the most healthy Mm -hmm. um, relationship with it. So, I mean, this is 12 years old that. Yeah. Yeah. So because you would have started around, you know, middle school time. So before that, were you doing really anything or was it just like, hey, I just kind of exist as an, you know, as a person? Not really. I mean, I was super active. I just yeah. ate. Like I played basketball from the time I was like four or five years old. Like I was really involved and into sports, mm-hmm. um, like soccer, baseball, like pretty much year round. I was playing some kind of sport. I just um, ate ate a lot. A lot yeah, of that well, Southern, Southern cooking. Ah, uh, <laughs> the good Southern cook. I was going to say it's a. Uh, you know, gravy will just put you down. Uh, gravy and Coca-Cola, man. Gravy and Coca-Cola. That'll put the pounds on you, baby. If you try to bulk up and you want a diet plan, gravy and Coca-Cola. I was bulking. Biscuits <laughs> and gravy. You were bulking. Coca-Cola. You, weren't, down. you weren't hitting them diet sodies. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so with you being competitive up as a kid, like, did did your mom or dad push you in that direction? Or... Um, well, I was raised by my grandparents, so I, they didn't really like push me towards sports. I think I just naturally like, um, you know, like on the playground, like through PE, I was just always really like, I like to run around and be active. Um, so it's just something I, I was always naturally kind of good at too. Like, I feel like as I've gotten older, my like sense of coordination and stuff is probably not as good yet. Like you would not think that I was like super athletic for like team sports, but I mean, I mm-hmm. played tennis, all kinds of stuff. And I was usually like, you know, one of the best people on the team. Um, so maybe if I started doing it again. I'd be like uh, above like a normal person's athleticism. But I think as I've gotten older, I've also become a lot, a lot more cautious of like everything I do. So like stuff like, you know, contact sports or stuff that involves any kind of like agility or speed. I'm just, way more reserved. So, you know, those kinds of sports require a certain level of aggression towards like other humans, which I just don't have anymore. <laughs> At least not in a physical, like, physical I was going to say, I was going to say, don't bullshit that you don't have aggression towards just, people. Just, just mentally now. Yeah. Mentally. mentally for sure. Um, so with that, and I will agree, like knowing you, I would not have been like, Oh yeah, I bet she was agile as all get out as a child because <laughs> i feel like now if we rolled a soccer ball out your way i'd be afraid um for your uh, no, I, if there were people around yeah sure but if you if actually you just, i was a goalie i was a goalie you were a goalie okay mid midfield and goalie so basically i just ran up and down the field a lot yeah and maybe touched the ball a few times and then when I played uh, soccer in middle school, like our team was so bad, I'd probably have like a hundred shots on me per game. The only time they got to the ball to midfield was like when the other team scored. We were really bad. Uh, the, yeah. All right. Well, that that's probably why you're on the team. To be honest, low low bar. <laughs> low bar. But I got playing time, man. You got some playing touched, time. Hold on. Say that one more time. I touched the ball more than anybody. Yeah, but you're not supposed to do that in soccer, like particularly with well, your hands. Sucks. No, no. I, because I'm a goalie. Hey, you know with what? My hand, not because you know, I 
like completely incapable of like playing soccer. If we put you in goal right now, and I'm and I'm taking PKs, all right, I'm I'm kicking, at, at 10, 10 shots. Are you blocking any of them? No, because I'd be afraid it'd hit me. Now, <laughs> I'd right. be like corner of the goal, like please don't hit me. It's gonna hit even, my knee. I'm not even good at I'm not even good at soccer to be honest with you. Like I, I it's not like. You're not lining somebody up who's got a rocket leg. You've seen what's attached to my hips. They're not exactly the most explosive things. No, they um, are not. So we get to 12 years old. You decide, you know what? I'm going to take up running because runners are skinny. And unfortunately, I perpetuate that stereotype. Um, and it, honestly, it does, in fact, work. Um, you, you drop 80 pounds, which is pretty wild, to be honest. That's a hell of a like a weight drop. Um, and having not like i can't even imagine the the psychology that's going on with you know weight expectations of a teenage girl i to to think of like where say what it's terrible like i feel like if you're overweight as a boy like you can almost be like that funny funny fat guy or like you can hide behind your comedy or whatever but i don't know especially i feel like in the south there's like such a standard for women that's like so different um I don't know. I think there's just so much pressure. Plus, I, I mean, I grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. where like, you know, Jessica Simpson and Hillary Duff were considered like fat. So even like the standard of skinny was like skinnier than skinny. Yeah. Um, that, people, oh, Richie and the Olsen twins who are like actively in their eating disorder and people are aspiring to look like that in the 90s. So it's like your, your standard of beauty is just so different. Um, and like what the people have to do to achieve those looks is also like not like catered towards health. So there's no way to look like them unless you're unhealthy. Uh, yeah. The, if the standard was the old since when it's like, I want to look like a, I want to look like an anemic Victorian child. Like that's what we're gunning for here. Um, and one, like just outside of, Hey, not good for you Two, That's not going to be conducive for anything sports wise. Like, there's a very rare time when you'll see somebody who like looks extremely gaunt and just like, Oh my goodness, everything's taken out of them. And that is like a fighter during a weight cut when they go to weigh in. Like if you ever did look at Conor McGregor, when he would do his weight cuts, he looked like a dead man when he would go to weigh in. Um, if you made him fight in that moment, say what? They cut like 20 pounds in a week. So they're just like completely dehydrated. Like it's just not healthy. Not good. No, 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 not at all. Not Probably almost up to their normal weight. Like they weigh in the night before, right? And then they can. I, I think they have 24 hours. I'm not 100% sure. But I mean, to when you even, even with that, when you drop so much water weight, your electrolyte balance gets so out of whack. Um, I mean, again, you, you look just to deplete yourself of whether it be water, whether it be carbs, whether it just be to starve yourself down to the point where you've got so little body fat. Like your health just goes out the window. Um, I think there's, there's a lot that like youth does for you though. Like, I think because I was so young, mm-hmm. like your body put a lot of shit that it probably wouldn't put up with, like, you know, when I'm in my thirties. So I think, um, I was able to, you know, compensate a lot just because I was such a young kid that maybe, but maybe who knows, like my performance could have been exponentially better if I would have been eating correctly, you know, not like using exercise as more of like a weight loss tool instead of training for performance. So it is interesting, like looking back at it now, I'm like, man, how much better could I have been at that time in my life? 
if I would have had the same knowledge that I have now. And, and then with that, like, what were your performances like? So as a, you know, as a middle schooler into a high schooler running, did you have relative success um, or what did that look like? Um, USA, well, I was supposed to go to USCA Nationals for the mile, but my grandfather had gotten sick, so I didn't go. But I'd qualified. I think, I don't know, I was probably somewhere in like the 550s, which, I mean, for someone who's like 14, I guess, or 13 or however you old you are in like eighth grade, 13? 14, 14, 13, depending on like when your birthday falls. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like decent, obviously not like, you know, going to win or anything, but I think whatever the level was, like I was able to qualify for USA track. Um, but I, I mean, I was probably the best kid at our middle school, but I don't, I, I don't know. Cause I don't know how comparatively like nationally middle schoolers run. And well, it's, it's interesting. And I mean, we would both kind of know this from knowing the track and field world, uh, if you look at like middle school girls, you might see some middle school girls that are running times that are comparable to like senior, you know, high school girls, um, seventh, eighth grade. And then that individual might never progress anymore. You might see a 13 year old come out and run a 5k in a crazy time, like 17, say a 1740 girl at, as a 13 year old, 14 year old. And then by the time she's 18, she might run 1750. Like, whereas for your so much for women between the age of like 13 and 18 that you know you might have a better say physique for running like your hips are probably narrower you're obviously going to be lighter you don't deal with like your menstrual cycle and the effects of that has with training and I think probably at the age of 13 like boys and girls probably don't train that much differently so I think that you know there's science that's coming now like how you should train and through different parts of your menstrual cycle, like how, how you're going to perform during those times. Um, so I think there's becoming also like a different approach to like training women to training men and not just training women like less, you know, less, I don't, I don't want to say like less good, but just, I don't think that we train the same or I I think it, it could benefit to train differently. I I think it would definitely benefit to train different, like, men and women have completely different hormonal profiles and men i think for the most part have tend to have a fairly constant hormonal profile unless you know something goes on that that's going to drive you know it, whether it be sickness whether it just be overtraining or something like that women they're going to have all these fluctuations that are going to go along with their menstrual cycles and be it an individual who might get pregnant how do you train through pregnancy like how do you train postpartum all that kind of stuff that's something that a guy's never gonna have to deal with. Um, and so, yeah, early on, before girls are ever having to deal with that stuff, the, uh, the male and female body's not that different, 11, 12 years old. And then you start to get this huge, you know, bifurcation between the two of them. Um, well, like in middle school, like a lot of the times, the girls' times could be just as good, if not better, than the boys. Like when you hit puberty, when all, all that changes. So, uh, it makes sense that they would start to train maybe slightly differently after they hit that point in their life. Yeah. And it's just, but it's also going to be extremely hard to get coaches that are training huge groups for, for, you know, unless it's very specialized, you're not going to get a public school coach is going to be like, you know, let's track menstrual cycles. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? You weirdo. Like he, yeah, and plus it's like, if they have any kind of running background, that's like a huge, huge plus. Usually it's just like the science teacher that's oh, like, yeah. oh, you're like you're going to coach cross country this year 
and they're like, oh, how far is that? <laughs> we we had a coach that we we because I I mean I lived in you know a podunk little town. One of our training sessions was he drove the car and we had to try to catch him. And if we could catch the car and touch it, we could get in the car for like ten minutes. And then we we chased the car. Like that's the level of training that I was starting out with at thirteen. Um, so <laughs> that being said, I don't think anybody's going to start. You know coming out with these super specialized training programs at a at little bitty you know schools oh no definitely not I mean even like it's hard to like know too like you said at that age like even if they're really good like cultivating that talent into something better and if it's going to be able to be sustainable through their adolescent years through puberty like if your body completely changes yeah. then sometimes they like you said they peak out really early like I know a lot of people who are freshmen they ran their best times as a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of like petered out after that. Whereas, you know, some people, they, I mean, I know a lot of women on my running team right now that run PRs in their forties, even though they've been lifelong runners. So, I mean, definitely training approach and finding what works for you is, is like beneficial as you train longer, but there's also probably going to be an optimal like point in your life. And it's going to be different for everybody where you're probably going to be able to perform at your best. And it's going to be hard to actually know when that is. So maybe you pass it and you don't even know. Um, but I think I'm still on the uphill right now. You're still on the uphill? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like still. I mean, you're still improving. You know, your times are still getting faster. You're still getting better. So um, that's to say, like, you're around the point where I think the peak of your career probably is going to be. Where you're, you've got a couple of years of wiggle to work with. Um I'm like, what you're training for too, though. Like if I shifted yeah. my training like longer and more endurance based, like I could maybe even extend out like how long I could be at my peak fitness. Like if now maybe I peak out at my 5k in my mid to late thirties, mm-hmm. but then start training for halves, maybe I could extend that peak to a little bit longer. Um, but obviously sports like high rocks, I think that there's going to be when the sport is so new, um, but I think it's going to be catered towards a younger demographic not only the training load that you have to maintain um but it's just really hard on your body i don't foresee like hyrox careers either once the sport gets bigger being longer than like three to five years really um actually i i want to put a pin in that one because we're gonna come back to that because i want to keep following you along from through high school up into college and then we'll get to the hyrox career portion and then and then i want to come back to that part so we've we've gone through high school and then at that point, you're continuing to run and ring collegiately. So where were some of the options that you had and what kind of made you pick where you decided to go? Um, so I had looked at, I actually really liked Mars Hill, minus um, how expensive it was going to be. I had gotten a scholarship, but since it was a private school, <laughs> I was like, well, I could go to public university for free, even though like Mars Hill was like this really small, like I think it was Methodist which in that point of my life was more of like where I was at. Yeah. that was <laughs> Now, like where I'm at now, it's like, it's like a completely different person. Um, but I like the small feel and like people were like super friendly and nice. And then I went and did my tour at UNCW, which is where I ended up going. Um, and I thought they were wild. They were crazy. Like there was, I stayed in a dorm that was like boys and girls. And I was like, this is just insane. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> co-ed dorms Look, i was yeah, real shook yeah yeah 
but I, well, we had talked about this before. I was dating my soon to be husband and he was going to UNCW for film. So I was like, well, I can run here. Like it's by the beach and then we can be together. So I decided to go to UNCW. Well, so that was, that was my determining factor. Uh, Plus, I wanted to get a school where I wasn't going to walk on the team and be like the fastest person. Like I wanted to be like, have some people to like push me to be a better runner. Um, Cause Mars Hill was um, division two and, and a lot of the other schools like Pembroke and stuff that I was looking at were also division two. So I was going to walk on the team and like being like a 19 low runner, I was already kind of like at that one, two spot. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't really have like a lot of room to improve from there. So I was thinking like long-term um, what was going to be better. Even, even if walking on the UNCW, I might not even make my first year on the, uh, like conference team so i was on that bubble i was probably like you know top top 10 to 12 mm-hmm. so um obviously seven score for a conference so or f- five five yeah, yeah five, that, five five score seven uh if uh, they've changed the scoring rules at least in in d1 now which which is the way that they do it um but i mean what it used to be was score top five your tiebreaker six and then you have seven runners um yeah now it's it's different they do like head-to-head top five so one against one two against two and then whatever yeah yeah that's how they do it now so the best best three out of five thanks dylan they don't even score cross country the same way anymore (laughs) yeah yeah they got that i don't know when they made that change up but honestly i was watching like nationals and they were talking about the teams and they were in i was like oh they're top you know i'm thinking it's old cross country score and, and then i'm like wait a minute they got an entire different way of doing this shit now. So I don't know if I like it better or not, but I don't think so. Cause I think it, um, I don't know. I feel like you could run as a team and do better in the old system. Yeah. And you could pack run and we more like a pack running bronze since we're in that kind of, you know, like, so you can help each other out. But if you're like going against one and two, like it just incentivizes you to run your best race specifically. Because you're going to go against their like I don't I think it takes away the team aspect of of cross country if you're scoring it that way. Yeah, it does silo it off a bit. Um, I mean, I I I used to love to watch the different team dynamics where people would have you know you'd have this team where it's like all right they've got one or two low sticks and those guys are going to go and then you're going to have a pack of like three guys it's like hey hold it together versus that one team that's going to have you know five guys and they're going to all try to just ease up towards the front and you see how it plays out. But now in this case, if you were to do it that way, it goes like, all right, we know our one, two, like, it doesn't matter their placing. They're just going to get, they're going to beat the other two runners. It's just, just a different way of doing things. And we're old curmudgeons. Yeah. Well, we don't like these new fangled ideas. Was your school 4A, 3A? Oh, the school that I went to in high school? Yeah. Uh, We started 1A. And by the time I graduated, we were 2A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did they have uh, the Greensboro course? So I never Uh, ran. I didn't, I don't, I never ran up there. Um, I ran my, I mean, since I was in South Carolina, I ran oh, one or, yeah, 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 I was in North Carolina. So I didn't run in Greensboro. I did everything mostly South Carolina and went up to North Carolina maybe once or we were right on the border of it. Um, so I, the only course that I've ever ran there was I ran the course that they run for Foot Locker South. Um, oh, yeah. McAlpine. Yeah. McAlpine. Yeah. McAlpine. Um, Oh God, that was, that was a, so this was after, uh, this was after college. 
I, I decided to go run the Foot Locker South, just like open 5K. It was me, a buddy of mine, and then my brother. We picked the worst year to have ran that shit because it was 40 degrees and pouring rain. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're like, oh, it'll be all right. And we get to the start line. It had been drizzling, drizzling, drizzling. And they're like, all right, everybody start lining up. And about that time, the heavens just open up. And it, we're just so cold. Like, the amount of time it took for me to feel my hands again after that race, and I just had, like, this splitting headache, um, that was a terrible idea. Now, luckily, it cleared up for the other runners that day. And, like, later in the afternoon, we got to watch the uh, the top, like, high schoolers race, which is very fun to watch. Um, but, oh, my God, that was a miserable 17 minutes in the rain um Bryce. yeah it was it was sickening um but so you, you you're at unc wilmington um and did you eventually progress your way up to where you were kind of like a top five runner for them or did you like what, what I, I was i was around seven i was like a, able to kind of get but i don't think actually i ever scored for our team not in cross country anyways in track yes mm-hmm. um but not in cross country. We had a really good team. Um, I'm trying to think. Like I remember my freshman year, we had some like all conference couple girls, and uh, not that it, we were in the CAA conference at the time. Okay, it was pretty competitive in running. We had like William and Mary in our conference, which is always pretty. Yeah, they always had a pretty good running team. Um, and North Northeastern. Okay, they also had a running team. So um, we well, I and. We were always like fifth or sixth. So I guess we didn't even have like, I don't know. I thought our team was pretty good at the time. Like we had girls that were like in the 36s for the 10K. I guess that would be track. But yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, no, I forget that they don't run any. They don't run 10Ks for women. They run that's that 6K. Like what? Yeah, 6K is even, even a weird jump. Because in North Carolina uh, high school, they run, you know, 5K, 5K, boy, girl. Correct. Well, we usually in like 5K and then mm-hmm. conferences. So no, no, no I'm like, talking about in high in high school. Oh, in high school, yeah, it's both 5K. Yeah, it's both 5K, and then you get to college, and they go like 5K for the women, 8K for the men, and then they go up 6K for the women at like conference and uh or regionals and you know uh nationals, and then they go up to 10K for men. Yeah, super weird. I I've always been a fan of actually at every other year switching the nationals race where men race 6k one year and women race 10k and then flip it back and forth so you have a 10k year and a 6k uh, year um that'd be actually because cool, like, you played a different like i mean because i think the 6k and the 10k could be a completely different race like absolutely yeah especially absolutely. depending on where you race it like um obviously here it's super flat mm-hmm. but i mean if we we had a lot of races up at app yep. and so, I mean, you get on a hilly course, like, I, I always say, because I did Spartan racing after college, that'd be like, oh, Spartan racing is like cross country, but like with obstacles, no, <laughs> no, I got so spoiled with like actually having trails and stuff, like, right, Spartan it, racing is different. It was not a good transition, honestly. <laughs> like, we, we, oh. we both took the same transition out of, out of college, like when I got done running, which only got to run one year due to injuries and stuff, and I just ran a little dinky uh like d2 school and so uh, we i guess we kind of went the same route of getting out and being like all right what the heck do i do now um and so how did you what what kind of got you into spartan race and where'd you see that at um so there was a local mud run here and um i was just like oh that sounds pretty fun so i went and did it and i was like 
really like this. And so I had like researched and found like Spartan racing. I think I did my first one in like 2012 um, in South Carolina. It was at like some ATV park. And that's what I think like 2012 to probably like 16 was probably like the height of Spartan. Like you have like the Amelia Boone and the, um, I don't know, Isaiah Vidal and the bear. So like Spartan is kind of like hitting its stride as far as, like popularity goes by like 2015 and getting real hype. So I feel like I was in a really cool age of Spartan um, where you could go to the races and like the, I think they called it competitive then. I don't know. All the first heats were like 200 people, every heat just jammed into this starting corral. And like now you go to an elite heat and there's like six girls on the line. And I'm just like, yeah. So I haven't done, I did a Spartan race, I think last year, uh, Charlotte. And I haven't done one since, but, um, yeah, I did Spartan for a while and it's just, I have this, this foot thing now. And like the train is so variable that you don't know, like you could go and it could be totally fine. Or you could go and you're running through like tall grass and a cow pasture. And there's like 27 holes that, you know, you fall in and it's just uh, not, I like to kind of know what I'm getting myself into. And so I, I remember running my first like Spartan race in. It was okay, but the distance, like, so what? Was that the time you got trampled at the starting line? No, that was a different one. I had, oh God, yeah, you'll never, no, this was the one where I met, uh, this is the one where I first saw Darun. So, boyfriend Darun, and off the bat, immediately hated his guts. Um, (laughs) And and I've told you the story before, but I'll say it again. So, I'm walking up to, like, the starting line, or the uh, the area to register, and I see this, like, that fairly like kind of tall Iranian dude. Darun's pretty defined. Looks like he's a fit guy. And he's talking to somebody and like I can I overhear him talking. And he's talking probably in the same way that I would speak now, just with, you know, you have knowledge, you have confidence about the like race and everything. And I don't know why, but the way I hear him, I'm like, this dude, I'm gonna fucking smack this guy. Like in the race, not not literally. Right. I'm like, I gotta beat him. Like I have to beat this guy. I have no clue who he is. But he, he's like this, he's fit, pompous dude, and I'm going to wreck him. And so I immediately have pinpointed Darun as my enemy for that day. I don't have anybody else. Um, I don't know anybody else. And so we go off and we're racing. And I actually, I get to the last two obstacles before him. And I'm at the rope climb and the monkey bars. And you know my obstacle proficiency is garbage. I, I didn't train one bit for it. So I failed the rope climb. I'm doing burpees. I'm maybe in 10th place at this point. The rope climb? I didn't know how to do rope climb, bro. I just showed up. I showed up and started racing. I had no idea what I was doing. I signed up for the wrong day, and I just said, okay, switch me to the super. Like, I didn't know. So um, I, I failed the rope climb, start doing burpees. Then it's monkey bars. Touch the monkey bars, immediately fall off. And I start doing burpees again. And about that time, he rounds the damn corner. And I'm like, no. And I'm doing burpees as fast as I can. And he hits the monkey bars. He starts coming across them. I'm like, please fall. And he doesn't fall one bit. And then I, I have like four or five left. He walks past me and just like does a little fire jump and goes, I'm like, <laughs> I, and you can find those results. I can't remember what race it was, but it was in like 2019, somewhere in North Carolina. And all I remember is, man, Darum beat me. And then after that, I ended up meeting Darum and become friends with him. But uh, was it really? Say what? Was it really 2019? I was I probably there. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was 2019. Uh, it was. I don't. Atlanta. No, we raced Atlanta, and I did beat him there for a podium spot. But um, 
I raced Atlanta. That was in October. So I raced that one. Atlanta was October in 2019. This one would have been in maybe August, July, somewhere in that time frame. Um, Asheville, Black I, Mountain. It it had to, yeah. If that's where yeah, Asheville. Black yeah, we actually met each other multiple times before we actually met each other because I'm obviously we've been dating since 18. So yeah. I would have been in all those races. Yeah. See now I just like the race and you've seen him and you know how like the two big guys at the gym they like face off with each other yeah it's like two skinny guys at the race tall skinny guys and they're like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna do some shit hey just listen just because we can't pick up heavy things doesn't mean we're not competitive like you know we're we're, we're ready to compete like yesterday what you did lifted like 300 pounds the other day hey it was 315 yesterday and i sold my ad i sold every one of my disc in my bag for that baby like all spine all spine yeah, that's what i said train with your heart live with your spine that's the only way to do it um i so for anybody listening every time i deadlift i will send tara a video of it because my form is so bad and i know that it just kind of makes her stomach hurt and that makes me happy inside um <laughs> every single time so yesterday i was like hey i did that workout it was the it was the it was the burpee over rower and then the rowing for 10 minutes and then max three reps deadlift and i just go all right you ready for this She's like i just ate i'm like oh, it'll be fine um <laughs> oh man so you're you're into spartan racing at that point and you're you really did get the peak of it because what i came into is not anything like what you described where you're getting you know 200 people in, in a start and even okay even if it wasn't 200 people you know 150 the races i was at you're maybe lining up 60 and then since then like you said it's really petered off covid uh kind of beat the mess out of that sport to be honest um i'd say probably like 16 17 was when maybe 17 it started to like take a turn downward yeah. turn and then you know obviously covid so i i think yeah by the time you entered it's like it was on the downswing so yeah whatever i came into in 2019 was was definitely way off of what you experienced you know when you got entered into the sport so when was it that the kind of hybrid fitness scene started showing up for you was it in that 2020 time frame yeah because i had heard of high rocks i guess they came to the miami in 2019 and i didn't know about the race um until like after the fact and then obviously covid happened and i don't think they had any more u.s events um for high rocks and then they launched decafit and i did my first decafit in in Atlanta, I guess in 2021, like we had to wear masks and stuff. So it was like one of the first races back. Um, That's the one that was in like I, a car park? No, it was like in an old Kmart or something. Okay. <laughs> I feel like yeah. they, I feel like early, early on, some of the DECA fit venues were wild. Did you see they did a DECA strong in the Dick Sporting Goods? <laughs> no, but I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. I love it. No, there. I feel like there was one... Or some they did some kind of relay that it looked like they were inside of a parking garage. Probably not a fit. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was. I might be have, I might be having a false memory of what event it was, but there was definitely something that I remember that was Decca related that was inside of a parking garage. Huh. But that wasn't the. So you were in an uh, old abandoned Kmart. <laughs> I was in a Kmart. Um. Nice. Yes. And I felt at home there. I felt really at home. You know, Kmart is was like where I grew up. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, and Kmart and Roses. Never heard of Roses, have you? I don't think I have. No. 
It's kind of like Kmart. Is it? It's a little, uh, it's a little country. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody's heard of Roses, but I don't right. think they. It's kind of like Kmart. I think there's like two Kmart's that are still like open or something like that. Yeah, I've never heard of a Roses. I mean, like, and I've heard of some country ass stores too. So you you take the win on that one. I win. The yeah, Roses you, win. You win that one. You you take the Roses. Um, yeah. But but yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many people. There was only like four elite women. It was really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we had to start at mask. We like threw them off. Like as we ran, I'm like, this is kind of pointless. But absolutely, I mean, ready to start running again. I think even the Spartan race is that I did that year. They made you wear a mask to the starting line outside, and then you could throw it off. And I'm like, what is this nonsense? We had some weird fucking rules when COVID was around. <laughs> Be, yeah. it, with it, like for a fitness event if you were gonna allow a fitness event to happen just let it happen like what are we doing what is this performative like yeah. let's all we're all gonna crowd together on the start line with the mask on and then we're gonna take it all off as we sweat all over each other and do it like either say you can't do this or like just do it you know flip it yeah. like a switch you ain't going halfway what? on the lights like when, when you go in a restaurant and you like wear your mask to the table and then everybody takes their mask off i'm like i, I don't <laughs> Seems kind of silly, but you know, whatever. It was I was just happy. So if I had to wear a mask to a certain line, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I get to come back to racing again. So it was interesting. I ran a lot of races that I'd actually started training for a marathon during COVID because why not? You can't really do anything else except run outside. That's what I So do. one of the guys that's in my running group, he puts on a lot of races here, and he had made us a Boston qualifier course. Like he got it like certified and everything and there was like eight of us and we were all trying to boston qualify i quit but <laughs> it was a two 2.6 wait no wait a, minute, wait a minute wait a minute you quit trying to or you dropped out of the race i dropped out of the race Boo. <laughs> it was my first first marathon is a two point like it was like a two mile loop that you had to do 11 times or no i don't even know how many times you had to do it i think it was 11 well, Something. I mean, if, if, it was a, if it was a two-mile loop, you had to do it more than 11. But if it was like, if it was 2.6, you should have just done it 10. 10. Yeah. Maybe it was that. I don't know. It was, it was a loop around Riceville Beach. No, it was boring. Think about, like, you're basically just on a long run. There's only eight people running this marathon. There's yeah. no crowd support. Like, it's terrible. What are you talking about? So the, the marathon that I did was the Manchester City Marathon, and I was alone for so much of it, and I don't remember hardly any fanfare. I remember the own thoughts in my head, and that's about it. Well, I didn't like it, and it was hot. I think we did it in March, and it was like the hottest day of the spring. It had gotten up to like 75 degrees. I was like dying. I took out too fast. That is bad. pretty spicy for a marathon. Like somebody might hear 75 degrees and be like, that's nice, and it's like not when you're running 26 miles. It's really not. Well, it's not as bad. Like the only marathon that I ran, I ran in Florida and it was like 70, 72, 73 at the start and got up to like, you know, just under 80 by the time I finished. Oh, you're crying like that. Well, when you train through the summer and you're used to the heat, it's not as bad. Like I, I did this race in November and like I had just trained through a fucking Wilmington summer, which is sure. like 90 degrees every day, freaking a million percent humidity. So I'm like, oh, it's 75. This is nice. But when you come off a training like off like 50 degree days and then you get a 75 degree day, you're like, I'm melting. I'm so fucking hot. Like this is terrible. So I think that it matters. Like 
if you're just acclimated to it or not. And I was just not. And I mean, some of the people did great. I don't, I think like six people finished and like four of them Boston qualified. So they used that time for running 20. I think they ran 2021 in the fall that year. Hey, that was when I was at. Woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was I, back after COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the first one back. And that was the first time I think they've ever ran it in the fall. They ran it in October. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that was. So, I, for that one, I came off of World Championships in Leipzig for High Rocks. I go home. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, I go run a trifecta in New Jersey. I was like, this will be my test. If I can do this, I'll be fine for Boston. Like, this is going to be my 20-mile, my like, effort. And then I go do that and then go run Boston with, you know, with my boss and then one other guy who was on our team. Um, That's the weekend you got run over at the start line. That is the week. Mm, nope. No, 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 no. Nope. Wrong nope. one still. Wrong one still. You're still forgetting. Close. So the one, the okay. one that I got ran over at the start line was in, it was in New Hampshire. It was in Loudon, New Hampshire. And oh. somebody clipped my foot right off the bat and I just, you know, got to taste some gravel. Um, That was nice. And I got to see the video. Oh, I know. You probably, you, knowing you, you might have saved it to your phone. Anytime you feel down, you just go watch it. And you're like, oh, there he is. Fall the down. Look at him, loser. No, that's what I do when I watch the Grit Games rig. You watch the you never let me. Okay, go ahead. What what implement did I fall off on, Tara? I will say the nunchucks, but you you always say the reverse gibbons, so we'll give you the gibbons. There's video evidence of this and you still tell the story that I failed on the first thing and I'm like, "You listen here, I got one down deck of it." Like <laughs> I'm bad at obstacles. This is clear. Um now I'm also like really bad at calculus. Those are two things I don't do on any like certain occasion. So it would probably make sense. You did hang for like eight minutes that day, though. I did a lot of hanging that day. I don't know what was going. I here's the thing: I failed so much that my grip was fine. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fair. I, I thought about it because you um, burpeed out of like every single absolutely, one. absolutely. And after I, they then they, they then changed the rules because hey. we I think we both got second. And we didn't do any obstacles all weekend. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, we might have we might have forced their hand to change the rules a little bit, but hey, that's what. Hey, there's no obstacle race this year. That's why I'm going. No, and see, I'm again. I'm either going to the rally in the valley in West Virginia and doing that, or like I talked about, that that that's up in the air for now, just depending on work travel. But you know, that's a complete side note. So you do your first. I didn't realize that you did a decafit before you did high rock stuff. Um. Oh yeah, I did a few. It was a while before high rocks. I did, uh, actually I did. I think I did two or three deca fits, and then I did a high rocks. I did the one in Orlando, and um, I think that was also twenty twenty one. Oh, it was it's arena style. It was yeah, it was yeah, neat. yeah, yeah. So that you did your first one was the same first one that Rich Ryan did. Oh, yep. was he there? Uh, Rich was there. David was there. Rich, Rich was there, and he wore gloves and had like the worst farmers carry split I've ever seen from somebody in my life. Like that man, uh, his farmers carry split was awful. Um, because his he wore wide receiver gloves and they sweated through. And so you're basically just like I'm trying to hold kettlebells with like what's well, like and those kettle metal. So I think they're actually easier to hold than regular kettlebells because the the handle's so small. Uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, I still use grips um, just because I, I think that if you're allowed to do it, it does give a slight advantage to holding on to things. So I'm going to always use them. But uh, when you because when you chalk those suckers up and you just latch on, they're yeah. not coming out of chance. 
I, I like I don't think that for me they're heavy enough to like warrant like having to run with something the whole time. Oh yeah, and see for like some people that really bothers them to like I, I don't want these things on my hands or anything like that. I run with my phone in my hand all the time, and like I'm constantly carrying. So I don't care. It's just to each you know their own kind of thing. Yeah. So that that race rocked me. Orlando. Orlando. I was racing with Lauren and uh, Alyssa Hawley. Yes. And Alyssa. I got on the sled and I, it wasn't moving. Like, I was just like, what in the world is going on? Like, I can't push it. Like, and then I'm getting it like halfway across and then Alyssa goes down. She like pulls her calf. Her calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She pulls her calf. And I'm like, oh my God. Cause like Alyssa is one of, you know, at, at this time, like one of the best people in High Rocks. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, shit, she's going down. Like, how am I even going to finish? So I had like the world's best volunteer. Like he was giving me like these tips. He was like, like try to straighten it with your arms, like try doing it this way. So I finally like I'd get like two steps in at a time and then I'd like have to break. And but once I got through the sled, the sled push, I was like, okay. But the and the sled pull wasn't bad. It was just we had opposite experiences. Yeah. We had opposite experiences. I had like a I, I didn't uh, the sled pull got me more than anything and i was lucky i was lucky to not be in the elite race in dallas where i got to watch robert killian push the sled before he also blew his calf out um so like he pulls his calf but i I watch him he lines up and does like whatever the thing is that i do now and i'm like all right i'm gonna leave it to the to, to the military veteran to figure this one out and that's what saved me to be able to even move the sled um he's pretty small right like he's Got to be like no more than one sixty. We're the same size. I would say you put me in killing. Killing's about one of like size is really bad. So yeah, you have a terrible perspective. Same height. Did you know that you and Ken are the same height? We are. Yeah, both both six foot. Remember the picture. I have the picture. We're like the same height. (gasps) Ken's taller than you, but I mean, (laughs) you saw the picture. Don't deny it. I can't, but hey, look, I've seen a picture. Y'all are pretty close in height in that picture, but I'm not sure if like he's wearing flats and you're in like fucking, you know, like endorphin pros that are I, white, white tennis shoes that I like to wear a lot. Have you seen them? They got like the, like, they're they're like the, the fashion sneakers have, or whatever. Actually, I have seen them. Yeah. They're like a, yeah. they're like a platform shoe. Yeah. They're great. They're yeah. like memory foam. I've they never... give me three inches. <laughs> like three inches. Um, so yeah, so in that, in that case, you would be about the same height as Kent. Yeah. Yeah. In in that case, but no, your perspective on like how big you think you are in comparison to the world. Um, <laughs> I'm Lee Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. You're a white. You're gigantic. Yeah. So, so you get through that race and what was your time for your first one in Orlando? One, I think 115, 114, 115. Yeah. So in comparison to what you're doing now, pretty garbage. Like. Yeah, but I would say, like, one, there's always a big learning curve from your first race. Like, I didn't know how to push the sled. I didn't know how to pull. Like, you know, I'm not going to have another six. It's kind of like if you saw Bell's first race, she had, like, a seven-something seven oh, sled. Like, super long and sled pull. If that girl learns to pull the sled, she's going to be a problem, which I was she right. Was. <laughs> she was a problem. Um, but, like, you learn so much your first race that – depending on like where you are losing most of your time, I think it's not even unreasonable to think you could cut off like five or six minutes 
Yeah, for sure. No, no, I'm what I'm saying is like in comparison to how much you've progressed, you know, uh, starting off at 115 and you're down to the point where you've ran, what have you gone? 64. Yeah, 64. Um, I mean, 11 minute drop. I mean, that's more than I've achieved. Like, I started out in the 65s and I've gotten down to the 58s, but yeah. Um, I would say I think some of that though is the sleds are lighter than they used to be. I agree. I don't think I'm significant. I, I mean, I think I'm stronger for sure, but like, I think the sleds are, are lighter than this, this past season than previous season. I agree with that. Um, I felt like that allocates for, I, I think it allocates for at least nine seconds. Yeah. Uh, 16. I would say just the sled push though. I don't feel like the sled pull changed. Uh, it's so dependent on the race. Yeah. Like, I was- I've been to some races where, the sled pull, and I mean, you know, I've been to a lot of European races too. So I've been to some European races, like World Championships. I thought the sled pull felt decent. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think it felt any like lighter than um, U- U.S. races. But I know my first race in Maastricht, it literally felt like it was on glass. Like I don't know, I pulled like three flat or something. Like so, the difference, the variance of the sleds is so high that it's hard to like compare race to race and that's kind of my problem with with high rocks at this point and like their new qualifying systems i think that i think and overall it's like a better direction for the sport but for me Mm -hmm. specifically i don't think it's as advantageous being like an athlete that's like from five to ten oh i mean i'm in a i'm in a hell of a situation right now for me um yeah i mean i don't think that Overall, like the qualifying system is better for the sport, but because the courses are so variable, so I like that they've taken out the time element, but I think it's going to make you have to race more and there's no money in any of the regular races. And I'm not in a position really to be in those like top spots to be able to, to pay for the rest of my season from going to like these major races that cost like thousands of dollars to compete in. So for me, I think it's just a better like shift to go more towards a sport that suits me better. And so you're shifting more towards DECA because of that? Yeah, um, I just think that it's it's set up for me better. Um, obviously, there's not like the prize purses aren't as big, mm-hmm. but I know that I can be in contention for those top spots. Whereas Hyrox, I just don't see. I think the gap in my strength is not one that I'm going to be able to like, like you're, you're like chasing the carrot kind of thing like while i'm trying to get stronger so is everybody else so like i don't know i think their base is just so much stronger than mine and like the progression that i've seen like other people advance at is just so much faster than i i'm like oh yeah like i've put like 30 pounds on my five rep max in like six months and i'm like that's solid but like you know you have other people that are like doubling my numbers and like i know miriam specifically I think when I hit a five rep max at the time I was at 185 and like, that's like her 70 rep max or something like that. So, so the gap for like strength is just so big Yeah, that I think that, and I'm not as good of a compromise runner as I thought, like high rocks really like, I think high rocks is more like strength compromise, whereas like deck is more cardio compromise. So mm-hmm. the engine's there from like years of, of conditioning, but the strength just is like crippling. Like I come off the lunges and I'm just like a baby bird with no legs. Yeah. And this whole like n- new system that they have is going to be really tough um, for 
I mean, particularly for somebody who doesn't have a flexible job, financial means to check it, it's you got to almost be a full time athlete with some disposable income um, or you have or to, if you're just or what or if you're just winning or just winning or if you're it's a heck of a lot easier to be a European like, yeah, because your opportunity race is higher. So like you could run two majors that were pretty are probably going to be relatively inexpensive. And if you're an athlete like Michaela, who, in my opinion, is like, I don't know, but I think she's like a full time athlete. Mm-hmm. Maybe she t- coaches a little bit or whatever, but I think her main focus is like is sport. And she has like sponsors that I think are probably backing her, which obviously she's a great athlete. So I'm not like knocking that or anything, but she's going to have more opportunities to race in Europe, probably more financial backing to come to the States. Um, and like you said, the flexibility of being able to do those things. Um, so I feel like for like normal people, like how much money do you keep dumping into a hobby? Yeah. It, it, and it, I mean, that's, that is what it comes down to. And of course this isn't like, this isn't bagging on people who have those opportunities. It's like, all right, you're, you're a very good athlete. You got sponsors. You're able to get there. Great. All right. I, you know, you or I might not have that same opportunity. And so we look at the system and we go, well, that kind of sucks, but at the same time, um, but the sport should move. Like I'd like the sport to move in a direction that people could do it professionally, mm-hmm. but the sport is small right now that that's, it's going to be like Spartan racing was, there's going to be like, you know, like a few men and a few women who are going to have that are, that are going to be really good. And they're going to be able to like go to the major races and do well enough to cover all their expenses and, you know, get money from sponsors. And then with their success, they're probably able to launch like online businesses that can help like support also the same lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think you see a lot of the top guys are, they are coaches in some capacity and a lot of the top females kind of in that same realm. Um, you know, that's their, their life is fitness, um, both as their hobby, as their competition, as their, you know, work. Um, because you have to have, I feel like to be able to get the training load that you need, you have to have pretty close proximity to gyms. And, you know, oh, yeah. it, you, I mean, it's very hard to have like a completely disassociated job from this sport and then still be very involved in it, which some people do. I mean, you got Vivian Sputo. She's a fucking actuary. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she can't just be actuarying and sled pushing at the same time. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, but then you have like athletes like Toby who say Toby's, that he only puts like what? Toby's a school teacher. And he, yeah, like you said, he trains like eight, only, nine hours a week. So I think that, you know, it's very dependent too on like how you how you train and what's most optimal for you. Like some people, they might not get the results that he gets off eight hours. Um, Toby might do 20 hours and just get completely wrecked and never be able to train again, you know, so it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's finding that balance. Um, I feel like we're like fortunate enough to be in a sport that we are kind of on the front end of it. That like you can still like access the top level without it being your whole life. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're in a sport like CrossFit or triathlon or running, like it's very it's it's I don't want to say it's impossible to like be the best and not be professional but it's, it's pretty fucking impossible. Like, you know, these guys are make it their complete job and there's a lot of them, right? Like triathlon has the depth of, you know, I don't know. I'd say maybe, I feel like we've talked about this before, like being top five in high rocks is maybe being like top 
300 in triathlon or something like that. So the, the your app is like a much, much more attainable goal without having or without needing the means to train as only an athlete. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the depth of the sport is getting deeper, but it's not nearly as deep as, as some of the much more established sports. Um, and, and I think that's honestly, that's part of the reason that I've been able to be at the top for a little while in, in around that group. Like I don't, I don't regard myself as an exceptional athlete in, in any capacity. Um, but yeah, but like, I think that, I mean, you're in that top 10 group barring, you know, your world championship race. Yeah. You know, you're up there. Like, I think obviously as the sport progresses, like our position is just like keeping up yeah. with being, you know, with being in the elite field, like, cause it is going to get more competitive. There are going to be more people like, I mean, if you, I mean, I think some of it was the sleds this year, but you know, you have the men's field where getting you under 60 was like something that like three people had done in probably 2021. Yeah. And now under 60 doesn't guarantee you like a spot at world championships. So like the sport is, is progressing. I mean, I don't know where they're like 30 men under 60 last year. I have no idea, but I know that when we look at the times right now for the people that are, that can get into the major in Chicago, I would need like eight people to drop out for me to get in. And I'm at 59.45. So with, with just in the first seven, or I guess at this point, eight months of 2023, we've already at least, we got 25. I think there hasn't been any racing really since May. Well, no, no. I mean, if you, but you've got to talk about all the races before May. So everything in January, March, February, March, April. There hasn't even been that many races and there's been that many people under 60 is all I'm saying. Like, so there's been a lot of people under 60 and it's only really five months of racing. Yeah. Because the race so, in New York for the guys, nobody under 60, the race, in, I think Romini, there was nobody under 60. Yeah. So I, I mean, the sport is getting, you know, more competitive. People are going to start training more specifically for the sport. Um, I think that's too, maybe like, I know at least the direction I'm going is like specificity is only going to benefit you if you're not one of those athletes that can really do it all. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'd just stretch myself over high rocks and DECA. I'd just be kind of mediocre at both, both. But I think if I could focus in on like one, I could at least attempt to stay at the top this year. Um, but there's so many events now that I'm hoping that other people s- stretch themselves trying to train for other stuff. And that like, you know, I don't, I don't have like maybe the, the, I know I, I feel like it rubs people the wrong way when you say that they have talent, but like you don't get to be the best without some level of talent. Like I'm not like ignorant to my own talents, but I know that there are people a lot more talented than me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you take some of those people and they train specifically for DECA, I think they would just crush me. But I think it's a benefit for me that I'm going to train specifically for this one event. And my talent mixed with my ability to focus in and train for something specific is going to be my biggest asset for training for the world championships. Yeah. Well, I mean, for an athlete to succeed in general, there's, there's basically like, there's the three things that it's going to come down to like their work ethic, their underlying talent, and then their access, you know, you might the the best person ever, the fastest individual ever in the world might have already lived and died and we have no clue about him because he never laced up 
he never ran. Like, we know Usain Bolt. We know 958. That's the world record for the 100-meter dash. Does that mean that there was never an individual who could have probably broken that? We have no idea because maybe they didn't have the access. Maybe they just yeah. went a different route. Um, and, and that is yeah. the thing. Those guys that play football, like a lot of those guys are really fucking fast. But there's Never. no money in So, like, if you could play football, you're going to play football. You're not going to run. Yeah. And, I mean, like, are they – and, yes, there's a difference between football fast and track fast. But, I mean, we did see DK Metcalf come over, run a 100-meter dash. And, I mean, ran, like, 10-3. I think he ran 10-3-6. Um, but mean, he's also not – that. Oh, he's a football yeah. player, and he's not the fastest yeah. football player. So, uh, I, I mean, who's to say that's one of those guys, whether it be football, whether it be soccer, whether it be rugby, you know, that they just went a different route. Um, and that's kind of the same talent. They just didn't, you know, cultivate it in that way because running is just not a lucrative sport. No, who's to say Christian Blumenfeld couldn't come over and like crush a high rocks, you know? But he's he's in triathlon. Um, they're the best guy in the world that we know of is, is Hunter, you know, but yeah, that's the best guy in the world that we know of that has lined Man, up and has raced. And Conrad guy to focus in on high rocks. Cause I thought he could be a fucking monster. I mean, he has the underlying engine. He has the build. Um, I mean, like I've said this before, I always wonder what my, the guy who's my boss, Cameron Dorn, what at his peak, if he would have raced, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's, he floats around 190, 200 pounds. He's got an engine for days, and he's strong as shit. I'm like, man, I wonder what he could have done if he would have not been a triathlete and this sport would have been around. Yeah, and he wow. would have yeah, had access to it. So I think that you know the sport is, is so niche that, too, that like a lot of people still don't know about it. So you could have athletes that are maybe like built for this sport, and they just don't like – like you, like uh, High Rocks was around a little while before Meg got into it, but like mm-hmm. Meg is built for sport. She has an engine for days. She's really fucking strong. Like, and there has to be more people like that. It's not just like I don't know. Like I feel like there has to be more athletes that are just not accessing the sport yet because they either don't know about it or um, maybe it just doesn't even interest them. Like you get a lot of like strength athletes that could have a pretty decent engine, but they don't want to freaking run five miles. Maybe the sport doesn't interest them at all. Because um, I think the problem like Hyrox might run into, um, I feel like the gym community like doesn't doesn't like fully embrace the idea of having a sport that is always the same. Like I think they're more drawn to events like CrossFit that would be more dynamic. Whereas yeah. like me from a background, I like it. I want to have, I want to know exactly what I'm going to do. I want it to be the exact same each time. Like, and for me, I am a big fan of everything being exactly the same. But I feel like if your background is gym, you might get bored with high rocks. Might. But my thing is, like, I, I don't totally buy into the idea that, a, a, like, a static sport that stays exactly the same is something that can't catch on. I mean, like, the decathlon. Well, I'm not saying that it can't catch on. <laughs> I just, I'm no, just, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. The gym community does really like variety. They like it's something new. That's why there's like gym fads and there's gym trends and people jump on things. Um, but it, it's just like I think it can catch on, but at the same time, I I understand how it could be something that gets stale to people if they're not yeah. in love with it. I feel like if it could go more in the sports direction and less in like like right now, I see it more as Spartan race. Like their revenue is generated completely from like participation in sports and sponsors. 
And I feel like a lot of the sponsorship stuff is um, is probably provided to them because they get such high attendance. So they're like, oh, they're around all these people. Um, I think if they want to survive, they really need to go the affiliate route. They need to like start like making this more of like something people can do all the time. Because mm-hmm. I think you're you're gonna lose uh, momentum. Like I think most people probably do a high rocks. They might do one more high rocks, and that might be it. Like I don't think the majority of people are signing up. Like we're, they're not like us. They're not like traveling around. They might do it if like it's in their area. So I feel like you have to find some way to generate revenue that's not just the event. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at the UK though, like whatever they've got going on there, whatever's in that water, they are about it. Um, and I mean, we see it within like the my zone, you know, group chat. They're the 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 whole entire fitness kind of world over there. I feel like is booming. Um, and I feel like people are fired. They're they're looking at the high rock schedules and they're getting booked tickets and they're like, hey, can somebody get me a ticket? I can't even get in. Um, and these are people that have competed multiple times. So whatever they've built, if that can if that does catch on over here, then yeah, the sport holds. But I agree that the affiliates roll better. Like I dropped off at a DECA affiliate the other day and did a DECA mile. It's a super easy yeah. setup. People love to jump in it. It takes 20 minutes, you know. Maybe it's more like normal people. Like, yeah. So I've tried IRX before. Like, I feel like too, if you're trying to appeal to the masses, you have to have a product that actually appeals to the masses. Like IRX is definitely for people who are pretty avid gym goers. Like this is not an event for like someone who's just getting into fitness. This is not an event for like, you know, weekend warrior, in my opinion. Like, I just don't think I don't find it very enjoyable. So I don't think other people would find it very. So maybe that's just wow. me. Way to but shoot a I fucking think- commercial for them. High, high rocks. I don't really find it that enjoyable. It's not. It's a suffer fest. Yeah, so, but that's what's great about it. But that's like the the McGregor, the new McGregor events. Like oh, I, I don't that those events are accessible to very many people. So I think if you're gonna have an event that's like marketed towards selling like a lot of like tickets, mm-hmm. you should. Make- are accessible to more people. So if Hyrux wanted to do that in terms of like, I, I don't like the PFT. Like for me, I think that's like, I don't, I don't really like it. It's still super high volume. It's repetitive. Like I like the deck is strong in terms of like, I can get my clients involved. People from like freaking six to like 80 can do a deck is strong. It might take them a while, but like it's accessible to them. So for me to like go out and push something as an athlete, like I would push higher. I'd be like, Oh yeah, like my friends who are really fit, I'd be like, you should do a high rocks. But like the majority of people in my life and in my circle, I think they would literally die. So it's hard for me to feel like <laughs> this event is for everybody when I don't really believe that. Like I don't think it's for everybody. I mean, I think it's accessible to everybody if you put the work in to be fit for it. It's very it, it it's very low skill. Um, it's low skill miles. Like, so is running, but do you think that everybody is going to run a marathon? Like, it's, it's, you see a lot of people run a 5K. Hey, you see, look, even people, hey, I've, I've you, seen the weatherman, the weatherman that looks kind of like a turtle. Al, what's his, what's his last Al, name? Al Roker. Roker. Al Roker's slow ass did a marathon. Like, go to George Bush, but it took him like freaking six hours. Who like, cares? It's low skill, which is exactly what George Bush is good for. Like, Sorry, I just I just had to throw some George Bush slander in there for no good reason. 
Um, this this podcast is is ridiculous at this point. To be honest, like we're going off off the rails, and we're gonna end up having to wrap up. But off the rails, it's going off the rails. And what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to revisit it and just come back and talk about some of like the other things with regards to fitness events going forward, how that looks like. We can talk about the McGregor thing at some point, but to make sure that we focus on you for these last two minutes, what is coming up for you in the future race wise? Um, and so just give me a breakdown real quick. Where can people find you at where you're going to be racing and then who you want to give some shout outs to? Um, so I'm doing a deck of strong this weekend and then I'm doing grit games and I'm doing native X obstacle course thing, which is like an obstacle course and like hybrid mix. Some Canadian shit. Uh, it's in Florida. Yeah, but didn't it, you probably got heard that from Dave? No, that's RX one. Ah, okay. Get with the program, Dylan. Totally different. I can't keep uh, up all of it. And then I'll probably be in Orlando, and I think I'm going to try to go for the Decamile record in set on Labor Day weekend in South Carolina. They got a real good course set up. It's like a loop down in Charleston. Indoor, indoor, no, it's in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle it's Beach. An indoor. You should come. It's. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm even going to be in. I don't even know if I'm going to be in the state or country. If I Labor Day? Labor Day? Yeah. Actually, no. Labor Day, I will be in the Northeast. I just worked out my entire schedule up until the middle of November. So I, I do know where I'll be, and it won't be in the South. Okay. Well, so we on you. Yeah. It's going to be a good fun. Have somebody live stream it. All right. I'll I do that. that. All right. So uh, last thing, any shout-outs to anybody? I know you mentioned your running club. Um, running club without limits, power lift course and uh river bend and my zone we like overlap a lot of teams yeah so. we do we do we do all right well thank you very much for your time tara enjoy the rest of your sunday watching useless movie trailers or whatever it was you said you were doing earlier oh yeah i'm gonna hop on some 90 day fiance you know <laughs>